and how are you today? Well, top of the day to you, and welcome to Into the Garden podcast. I'm your host, Salome Jacobs. So nice of you to join me on this rainy, hazy, cold, and wet day. Well, I'm the founder of Into the Garden and the author of You Don't Know the Cost of My Alabaster Box. But right now, whether it's rainy outside, here at Into the Garden, hearts are mended, lives restored, you and I are so connected with so much more. So why don't you grab a chair, phone a friend and invite him or her to enter, to take a stroll with me into the garden. It's a time of reflecting, a time of drawing nigh, a time of pondering and expecting to hear from the Lord, and the time when we walk with the Lord, talk with the Lord, and patiently await upon the Lord. For in the garden is the stillness, the serenity, the omnipotent presence, that ethereal presence that simply attracts you, encourages you and says hey sassy soul come on over i've got you well up next is the lineup on the somewhat chilly wet and windy day no matter the weather outside Come on over, come what may. It is so full, insightful, delightful, not a complaining day. For this indeed is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, I have a soul poem lined up for you today, with the title, The Works of the Enemy, as well as a true real-life moral story, a living lesson in loving your enemies, as told by a blogger. And because I feel especially even more so today that many of us including myself have this issue of plummeting weight and for that well you guess right but you've got to wait because i have a surprise guest for you today so invite a friend or two a neighbor a work colleague who into the garden aims to place so no matter where you are near or far Quickly dash off to the kitchen for a decadent cup of tea or coffee. Bring a blanket along as you cover up. When we walk with the Lord, talk with the Lord and wait patiently on the Lord. For into the garden is the place to be. So come on over, sassy soul, friend of God. Just you wait and say... today on this rainy wet and chilly day the soul poem is titled the works of the enemy and the inscription reads as follows the works of the enemy are you and me cold and calculated as can be but God goes before you to fight on your behalf to set you free
the title once more, The Works of the Enemy. Who is your enemy and do you really want to know? Perhaps one's close to you or in the shadows, waiting for you to pass by so they can prey on you to fall, to fail or to monopolize. For the works of the enemy are you and me, though distant and walking around oh so free, domineering crippling and treacherous as can be. The works of the enemy goes beyond the things you and I say. It's paranoia, it's vicious, it's notorious and deadly to man, don't you agree? Yet, to many, it's a bargain and a play. I want to be successful, I want to be great, I want to be like her no matter my state. I want, I want, I want what she has so devil let's go get her for I'll continue to manipulate and bargain my life for hers on a plate. For you never satisfied with what you have so you bargain and think it's okay to steal and grab. Yes, the works of the enemy is to frustrate you, manipulate you, character assassinate you, infiltrate you and throw you of course. But by fire and with force, my God will bring your vicious plans to naught. You may try everything to bleed your people dry, tarnish their name, but there comes a time when the enemy himself hangs you out to dry in the very hole you dug so willingly for your friend to fry. So yes, walking to places to set traps and snares might be your domain, but my God is greater and justice, dear friend, shall prevail. For no matter the things you plant, God sees your heart and supplies the already favourable outcome. For sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. So trust me, my child, I will never leave you or forsake you. For you are covered with the blood of Jesus, even though they persecute you. Yes, the plans of the wicked are treachery, though they might be. But if you read Psalm 91, you are already covered under the mighty power of God's heavenly realm, don't you say? So you and I, we wake up. Get up, dress up, look up, thank up, put on the full armour of the Lord up. Appreciate the works of the enemy so you and I can triumph and not be afraid of. 
for God did not give you and me the spirit of timidity, but he gave us the spirit of freedom, of celebration, don't you say, to be victorious, to be an overcomer, to be covered by Psalm 91 of for though the plans of the enemy are treacherous, conniving to you and me, but the gift of God and standing on his promise is more rewarding, wouldn't you agree? For he goes before you and me to stop the very works in motion of the enemy with glee up. And so it is so shall it be. And this was written on the 19th of April 2021, you see. The works of the enemy. Are you and me cold and calculated as can be? But God goes before you to fight on your behalf to set you free. The temple was finished. King Solomon prayed. The people came to see. Was God pleased with this place? Then fire fell from heaven. The priests could not go in God's glory was more than they could stand God's glory was more than they could stand God made a glory fill this temple as we gather in your name. May your glory fill this place. God made your glory fill this temple. In today as you more than we can stand. 
this place is more than brick and stone. This place will become a home. This place is for the brokenhearted everywhere. A place that they will find someone who cares. Lord, in this place, believers will agree. In this place, we'll stand in unity. In this place, as we than Russell's physiotherapist oh yes Liesl well after six months Russell has received now recently some physio and that's really really been awesome up until now so today when she came in this rainy rainy weather we were really happy we were so grateful for the sacrifice she makes for her patients well i asked Liesl a few questions with regards to you know what we can do during lockdown pertaining to overeating you know binging obesity gluttony the whole wham bam thank you ma'am type of thing if you know what i mean because your surroundings has an effect on your emotional well-being your thought patterns and especially now even more so the works of the enemy attacks you and me our mind so 
Will you join me for up next is Liesl, Russell's physiotherapist, giving you and me a short outline of what you and I can eat during this time. Not in greater, greater detail, because that I will do a bit later on more with her. But this is just a stepping stone for you and me. So gather round everyone as you find out, just like me, what you and I can do to combat the works of the enemy. Overdulging, obesity, gluttony, you name it. So I thank you for staying tuned and staying connected. So how about another decadent cup of tea or coffee? I've got mine, have you got yours? Obesity too. Obesity, you have to you have to work out the diet plan. Like I told you now, with obesity, cut out your luxuries, cut out your salt, your sugars. You have to walk at least twice a day. You know, in the morning and here at about late afternoon, you take another walk. You don't start with your brisk walking immediately. You take it slowly because you must think of the heart. Some people have heart conditions. So you take it easy and what you can do is start on a Monday 
and then you tell yourself okay today i'm walking from my house to point a you know and maybe the wednesday i'm walking from my house to point b okay and then the following week you stay to that routine but now you increase your pace just a little bit don't do what you still you wish you take the stride by stride but the thing with the exercise and the eating go together you you can exercise till you're blue but you've got to change your eating plan as well because then you'll see the trick then you'll see what it really does mm -hmm. so cut out the luxuries if you're having <coughs> six cups of coffee a day it is a no-no we all should have two mm -hmm. limit your sugar says you and we all should try at least to have two teaspoons of sugar in our coffee and what happens to men and women that are lactose intolerant, gluten oh, no, intolerant. No, there's milk for that, eh? there mm -hmm. is. Or if you can have it black, then you do that. Mm -hmm. But limit your coffees and your teas because remember, if you are having five or six cups of coffee and you are having like three, three um, teaspoons, how much sugar is that in your body? And sugar takes at least a month to dissolve out of your body. So it, you've got to cut out on the luxuries. And if you're having something sweet, then you don't add sugar in your tea or in your coffee. Mm -hmm. Because the sweetness of whatever you're eating will, will complement the coffee. You won't even taste the bitterness. Okay? And you leave the tea back in. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you have to exercise and you have to change your eating ways. Limit your amounts. Just limit your amounts. You can still eat six times a day, but limit the amount of food that you eat. Okay. You should see results. You should. Mm -hmm. And now, especially with lockdown for people that, what would you say to the ones that are unable to go out and exercise? You can do it inside. Mm -hmm. You can do it inside. Or if on their yards? Absolutely. Okay. If there's space in your room, you can do it in your room. You start by stretching the arms like I did with him. Mm -hmm. You start by lifting up the knees and the legs, you know. You can do it inside. There's bed exercises for bed mobility. You know, you can sit on a chair and do your exercises, stretching the hands and the legs. I wish I could not show, but I mean, there's many things you can do. You don't need to go out, but if you can, you can do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Petticoat Junction.
said, call him up. I said, tell what you want. Call him up. I said, call him up. I said, tell him what you want. Call him up. I said, I said, tell him what you want. Call him up and tell him what you want. Well, his line ain't never busy. You can tell him what you want. His line ain't never busy. You can tell him. What you want is like it never did. You just tell him what you want. You can call him up and tell him what you want. If you're sick and you gotta get well, tell him what you want. If you're sick and you wanna get well, tell him what you a gift from God. I, have, I can't take credit for it. How, 
How stupid can you get, Mark? You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> on my neck of the woods a true moral story a living lesson in loving our enemies and this comes from a Canadian pastor who shares a story about a recent trip to Lebanon Jesus said this you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And that's according to Matthew 5:43 through to 44. Well now, no one can say that Jesus made things easy. Sometimes in my life, I have been forced to put this into practice. For example, there was a certain well-known pastor that recently led a big church congregation and had a lot to say about women ministers, like that we were the worst. And also that women who weren't stay-at-home moms were maligning the word of God. This guy didn't know it, but he was my enemy. After finding myself ranting about him one too many times, I realized Jesus had already told me what to do. I was supposed to love him and pray for him. Super annoying. Loving him was challenging since he had no idea who I was and we lived several thousand kilometers apart. But I did start praying for him begrudgingly and then less begrudgingly I admit. Funny thing is my heart actually started to change. Other times I've had to do this with people who hurt my feelings or slight me in some way. For example, some years ago there was someone in my life who would make digs at me in front of other people every chance they had. Man, that person got under my skin. I think of all the perfect comebacks and all the ways I could make them look bad. Then I'd remember Jesus again love your enemy pray for those that get on your nerves so instead of my snappy comebacks i try to love and pray and make space in my heart for this person i didn't particularly want in my life because jesus said to do things that way and i really do believe he knew what he was talking about a lesson in loving enemies. I admit before I went to Lebanon, I thought I knew a little about loving my enemies. I've really tried to give it a good shot. Then I went on this trip and realized that while I'd been giving myself a gold star for praying for my under the table enemies, I didn't have much to boast about because quite frankly, I've never had any real enemies. 
as I wrote in my last blog, many in Lebanon feel they have an enemy, and that enemy is Syria. This tension grew during the Lebanese Civil War, which was just 20, 30 years ago. I am ashamed to say that I didn't really know anything about this before my trip. I did not know the hurt and suffering felt by those who lived through this war and the long-term re relational pain caused between Syrians and the Lebanese as a result. I heard the story after story after story. A pastor in a sermon told the story. My father was killed by Syrians. A woman told us this. I stood at gunpoint before Syrian soldiers as I held my baby and prayed for God to take me first. A church leader recalled this. This entire town was under siege by Syrians for a hundred days with no food or medical supplies allowed past. Story after story after story of pain and loss and grief coming to face with enemy love. With an aching heart I realized I didn't get it. I never had an enemy like this. I realized it another privilege that I've had as a white westerner, the privilege of not having real enemies. I know we try really hard to create them over Facebook debates and in pseudo internet rage, but Father forgive me, I don't get it at all. I've never had to love when hate runs so very deep. Christians from Lebanon have had to do this for the last five years. The enemy has come to live in their backyard. I can't even fathom how difficult this must be. It sounds like it should be a nightmare, and for many it is. But that is not the story I heard in Lebanon. The story I heard was the story of Jesus following heart-changing, life-altering love. Jesus' followers in Lebanon had to make a very real choice in the last five years. The choice between loving or hating their enemies. They had to face a tough reality. Their enemies were now all around them and these enemies were hungry, lonely and homeless. As much as they might have wished he had, Jesus hadn't given them an out. He hadn't said, you don't have to care because they're your enemy. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So they did and do. What enemy love really looks like. The pastor whose father was killed has a church that reaches out to thousands of Syrian families. A few weeks ago he invited a Syrian refugee to the front so he could wash his feet in front of the whole congregation to remind them what it means to love and forgive. His church has now grown from 60 to 900 people and two thirds of them are refugees. The woman who prayed at gunpoint is part of a church that cares for 500 displaced Syrian families. She has her own families that she visits. Every week she has tea with her enemies, except now of course they are friends. She told me recently that learning to love her enemy was one of the greatest challenges she ever faced, but it was brought and it is a great blessing brought to her by God. 
In that town that was under siege, there is a church working tirelessly to care for 2,000 Syrian families. The church started by hoping to help 100 families, but the need grew and grew, so they kept giving. Now they give out 1,400 food hampers every month. They provide diapers, job training, social support, you name it because of the love of the Lord. When they asked families what their greatest needs were, the answer for many was education for their children. In response, the church started a school in their basement and when they ran out of room, they set up a tent to help more children. The people doing this are the same people who sat under sage a mere generation ago and now they're loving their enemies one food hamper at a time. The same church also runs day camps every week, yes, every week. They have a bus and bring children in for a morning shift and then they do a second shift in the afternoon. We got to see one of these day camps in action and meet one of the men who works non-stop to help them happen. I was already near the brink of my emotional cup after watching these beautiful children get to experience such joy at these camps when I met another leader who told me, you know that man you met, his brother was killed by Syrians and now he loves these children with all his heart. That put me over the edge. I know about losing a sibling, my sister whom I loved very much, cancer killed her and I thought I don't think I could ever love cancer. I can't imagine ever doing that. I don't know if I could love what killed my sister. Yes, this is what this man does. He loves my enemy every day in a practical, tangible way. He sings songs to his enemy. He hugs them. He drives their bus, living the teaching of Jesus. When I think about what stands out to me most from time in Lebanon, it is saying over and over and over again the lived out practice of this teaching of Jesus, love your enemies. More so, it was saying what I already knew deep down. Loving like Jesus taught us changes things. It is changing Lebanon. For every story of someone who has known hate, there is another story of someone who now has experienced love and said, tell me about this Jesus. Many of the churches can barely keep up with all the people God is bringing to their door. Their hearts of those who once called Syrians an enemy have also changed as they have found means to forgive and heal. Turns out I don't know a lot about loving enemies after all, but after two weeks in Lebanon, I think I know a little more. I know it is what Jesus called us to do. I know I am now without excuse. I know loving our enemies is the way to freedom and wholeness and new life. I know it is changing things in Lebanon, one life at a time. And on that note for the moral story of the day, I remember my heart going out when I was in Israel, when I had the privilege of going and attending a school to see children, the poorest of the poor, but the love they have to love 
the enemy. Believe you me, that's the hardest thing to do or to face. To love the person who drags your name through the mud, character assassinates you, mocks you, scorns you, tell lies about you. It's not always easy. But then I too remember, what would Jesus do? And you know, some of us would love to volunteer. We run overseas to volunteer. But we forget that right on our doorstep, it begins right here, at home, before you can make yourself heard in the unknown. So love your enemy, pray for those that get on your nerves, and allow God to be the change. Allow God to allow the love in. So thank you for joining me today for the moral story. That he paid that price a long, long time ago When he gave his life for me On a hill called Calvary But there's something else I want to know Does he still feel the nail? Every time I fail Can he hear the crowd cry Crucify again Am I causing him pain Then I know I've got to change I just can't bear
what if he relives the agony he felt on that tree? Does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Does he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change Cause I just can't bear the thought of hurting him to the end of my segment today I'm opening up with the sound of the shofar because with the sound it brings the healing rain the sound of abundance the sound of prosperity the sound of have no fear for there's a turnaround well Thank you to my guest, physiotherapist Liesl, speaking to you and May on eating healthy and exercising. Well, believe you me, my battle is chocolates and eating after 8pm. <laughs> but hopefully, with this, let's challenge one another to be more mindful of what we eat, wouldn't you agree? To you, no longer a friend, but a member of Into the Garden family. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. But most of all, thank you 
for sharing the love. To the many frontline workers, we love you and appreciate all you do. To the many home-based carers, thank you too for sacrificing seeing your patients with glee. And to the many physiotherapists going out to stroke patients and quadriplegics to strengthen them and giving them motivation to walk again. I thank thee. Well, I will keep you posted on more healthy eating matters from time to time, you say. To those in prisons, tuning in and listening to Into the Garden, when there's no one around you, well, you're not alone, for you have got Into the Garden to keep you astound. Goodbye. Sayonara. Disvidinia. Adios. Dovidzinia. Orva. Farvel. Guligule. Adia. To each and everyone out there, thank you for joining me today. I could not have done this without you. If you're celebrating a birthday today or yesterday, like me, happy birthday to you. Perhaps a wedding anniversary, happy anniversary to you. And if you lost a loved one to COVID, our deepest condolences to you and your family. So from me once again, Salome Jacobs. May Atamati, should you invite me to speak, contact me today at intothegarden2020 at outlook.com or connect up with me on Facebook on Shasti Caesarea. It's a huge help when you leave your comments because there are others out there lost, alone and in need of inspiration, a friendly word, deed and care. So may the grace of God carry you through difficult seasons. May he direct your steps as you seek to make him known and may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve. For here into the garden, hearts are mended, lives restored. You and I are connected to soul poetry and so much more. Blessings and success to you and yours. From me, Salome Jacobs and the Lord.
I'm gonna wait. 